So Psalm 119 and verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And so um, in the regular handout, again, I apologize, I didn't make copies. Honey, please help me remember to make copies. So we're on page 7, and we're on item, so it's on, okay, uh, number 6 starts on page 6, where it is belonging to God, that's the blanks, belonging to God, and it's verse 94, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. So uh, we've gone through about half of this, I guess. Um, So the verse again is, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. So the thought is, verse letter B on page 7 is, uh, save me is always directed toward the one you place your faith in. We started this last week, and um, we talked about Peter and how when uh, he was walking on the water to the Lord Jesus, he had his eyes on the winds and the waves, and and it frightened him, and he uh, said, Lord, save me. And uh, the Lord Jesus was immediately there. And so uh, picking up from there, letter I underneath that is, this doesn't have to mean a desperate cry, but could mean simply turning to the one who, who we know is able to deliver, whether we are anxious uh, and fears, dependent on whether or not we have confidence in the one we hope in. And so this thought is just when you the cry out to save me is directed towards someone who can. That's the point. And uh, the best example that I know of in the Bible is Luke 23, 42. This is uh, one of the thieves uh, crucified next to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, well, I'm just going to turn and read it real quick, but uh, Luke 23 and verse 42 so the 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 things that preceded this uh, with uh this is the culmination of it verse 41 and we indeed justly this is the thief rebuking the other thief but we receive the due reward of our deeds but this man hath done nothing amiss verse 42 and he said unto jesus lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom and of course that's not even a cry out for something i i, I don't even know if the if the thief knew what he was saying other than that he he rejected plenty of things, and he turned to the Lord Jesus, and it was a simple act of faith. And so he turned, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And, of course, we wouldn't ever uh, recommend those words as a way of someone turning to God. Uh, it's just the situation he was in. Those were the words that came out of his mouth, but he turned in faith to the Lord Jesus. And so um, uh, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. And so uh, underneath that, I have this thought, and, and uh, another great example in the Bible is Elisha and his servant. If you'd like to turn with me to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6 and verse 16. Uh, I, I have a lot of the things I'd like to talk about tonight, and they all involve a lot of reading. <laughs> I haven't decided if I, we should read every one for as much as, uh, as there is to read, but um, I, I want to go ahead and read this one. So start in verse uh, 8. So this is just a great story, and hey, why not? <laughs> so 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. 
And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him of, told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Assyria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So he's laid a trap, and Israel keeps going somewhere else and not going to the place where he's laid this trap. So he, he knows someone has told the king of Israel, and so at least that's his assumption. Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his, one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. In verse 13, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and could pass the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what sh- how shall we do? And Elisha's answer here is, is very stunning. He says, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, uh, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. (laughs) And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. And so (laughs) I love this story. It illustrates many things. First of all, what God is doing to protect us, we cannot see, at least not, not all the time right away. Uh, can we see what God is doing? But uh, Elisha, you know, the, the, the servant of Elisha, he saw that the, they were surrounded by these uh, soldiers and, and uh, chariots of, uh, of uh, Syria. And so his response is, alas, my master, what shall we do? And uh, we should be careful always to understand the, <laughs> the dire circumstances that he sees. And when we read these things in the Bible, I think we have a tendency just to read things deadpan and kind of miss what's going on. But the, he thinks they're all going to die. <laughs> so he, and Elisha very calmly, and I, I, I don't know, I can't, can't say everything that was going on here, but Elisha seems to very calmly say, and he, uh, uh, he says in verse uh, uh, 15, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And that's why I'm sharing this passage, because when we find ourselves in any situation that grasps our attention and demands that we suddenly become anxious and fret for our lives, listen, as children of the living God, that never is our case. Now, we may be in, uh, that's not to say we shouldn't cry unto God and we shouldn't, you know, sincerely seek God's face. But listen, as long as God is our God, we are never in, an, in, in a dire situation that's desperate and out of control. That's never the case. Everything that happens to us, God knew about in advance. How advanced? Well, before the foundations of the world, the Bible says Jesus was as a lamb slain. So there's not a need that we could have that God has not already known about. And so as, as this, this situation came upon Elisha and his servant, Elisha very calmly answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now that, that's a pretty simple calculation, right? God's got, you know, the Lord Jesus said he had um, uh, 12 legions of angels. I don't even know how much a legion is. <laughs> I'm sure someone could come up with a number of the Romans, that what a legion was for them. But regardless, I don't even know how many that is. 
But it's one thing for us to hear a number. It's another thing for, as, as Elisha prayed, that God would open the servant's eyes. And he saw with his eyes the mountains were covered or filled. I think it says filled um, with... Uh, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So God had a host of angelic forces. And I, I just like thinking about the fact that uh, how many angels did God send to Sodom to destroy it? Two. <laughs> now, I don't know if it was the, actually the angels or whether they were just to get uh, uh, Lot out. But regardless, it was only two that was sent to uh, Sodom. And then God rained fire and brimstone down from heaven and destroyed the place. Listen, angels are extremely powerful. And the Bible says that the, mountains was, the mountain was full of angels. Or uh, let's see, what did it say? Was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So this was an, an angelic force that far outweighed and outnumbered <laughs> what, what, uh, what the servant could see with his eyes. And the, the, oh, this whole story is great. We would keep reading if we had a limited time. But, <laughs> but uh, this is a great story, so I recommend you finishing it. Um, and so anyway, so, um, so Elisha and the servant, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And any situation we find ourselves in, we can meet with the exact same perspective. God and whoever, whatever he sends to help us is always more than enough. Always. And of course, you see, these things are not written just as a simple record. They're not simply written as historical uh, information. This is meant specifically to bolster our faith. The Bible says these things are written as ensamples unto us. These things are meant to embolden us no matter where we are. And that's where being knowledgeable of the Word of God is a help to us. Christians who do not read the Bible, do not study the Bible, they're at a distinct disadvantage. Because God can bring these things to our minds and remind us that God has been in a situation or we have been in a situation where God brought His people through before. That's what these things are written, at least in part, for. And so uh, then going on from there, 2 Kings 18, and again, if we had time, we would read the whole thing, and I, I just, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we're going to read all of them. But in Hezekiah, it was another scenario where that was, it was the king of Israel, and they were facing a force that well over, over and over and abundantly above anything that Israel could muster, and they were by 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 sheer numbers, they were going to be wiped out. This was uh, the king of Syria. He sent um, uh, uh, <laughs> Shabbat. No, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Rabshaka, that's what his name was. So Rabshaka is a representative of the king of Syria, and uh, or the king of Assyria, and they basically say all these nations that we have destroyed and all their gods, none of them were able to stop us. Will your God be able to do so? And so Hezekiah, uh, first God sends that whole army away on, a, on something else. And, uh, and so that, that same man, uh, uh, Rabshakeh, sends another letter back to Hezekiah saying, "Don't <laughs> word for word almost, don't let your God deceive you. In other words, you should be afraid. I'm going to come back with an army and we're going to take Jerusalem. And so this is what Isaiah, or, uh, uh, Hezekiah does in uh, first, Second Kings 19. It's here in your notes. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And so Hezekiah, he received this letter. Now listen, 
again, these things are written as examples unto us. Why? Because you see, Hezekiah, he doesn't just take this letter and say, it's no big deal, God's got this. He could, couldn't he? Couldn't Hezekiah have responded in that way to that threat from Rabshakeh? You see, a lot of times Satan has us face situations just like this. Where he makes it, and, 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 and Israel and the giant uh, with uh, David and, and, uh, and Goliath, and that situation, another similar scenario. You look at them versus us, and we are small. We are just nothing compared to them. The Israelites, when they came up to the land of Canaan, they said, we were as grasshoppers in their eyes and in ours. You look at the situation, and it doesn't stack up. We don't have a chance. Listen, these situations God allows his people to come into. Why? Because faith shines in those scenarios. When David responded with, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should what? Defy the armies of the living God. Didn't matter what the numbers were. That doesn't matter at all. The preacher that has said, you and God make a majority. It is true. If you're on God's side with him, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. It doesn't matter how things are stacked up. The only thing that matters is, are you on God's side? And so it's, it's important for us to read these things and to take stock of who God is. And it doesn't matter what Satan has lined up against us. It doesn't matter what the world has lined up against us. We, If we are on God's side, we're on the winning side. And it's important for us to remind ourselves of that. To, I, I thank God for, I think it's Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's just, I'm going to turn there and read it. <laughs> Uh, because it's just the kind of thing that we have to remind ourselves of, of regularly. Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and heal, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Listen, we just have to do the exact same thing. Say to ourselves, bless the Lord, O my soul. And what does he say? But forget not all his benefits. And listen, folks, we're apt to do that. We're apt to forget. It never ceases to amaze me how sometimes fears, anxiousness, anxiety comes to me. And it, like, it wipes out all my memories, it feels like. Of everything God has done in the past. Listen, God is faithful. That's what Psalm 119, a great deal of, is about. Is uh, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. God is faithful continually. Listen, he's been faithful in my life. But it do, again, it doesn't seem to matter when a new thing to be afraid of comes along. A new reason to question, a new reason to, to be filled with anxiousness and fear. Listen, all those things have to be met every single time with faith. Not just with, you know, with exact data or something like that, but faith. And listen, God is faithful. And God, you know, all the things that he does in our life, in a sense, it adds accountability. So that when you face the next thing... 
God expects you to remember what He's done for you in the past. When the Israelites came up to the land of Canaan, listen, they weren't coming there as raw newbies to the land of Canaan. God had rescued them out of the land of Egypt. A complete impossibility. He judged them for ten plagues over their gods. He brought them through a miracle beyond any of our understanding through the Red Sea. He brought them through the land of of, uh, the wilderness. He unfailingly and flawlessly brought them safely to the land of Canaan. They had enough information to go into the land of Canaan with faith and confidence in God. What did they do? Well, they sent 12 spies and 10 of them came back and said, the land is a, is, is a good land, but it eats up the inhabitants of the people that go in. And the people of the land, they're, they're giants and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes and in ours. Listen, that's why God was harsh with them. The, he had shown them enough reason to have confidence in God up until that point. And the same thing is going to be true in mine and your life. He expects us to have faith. When the fears and the doubts or the scenarios come knocking on our door, he expects us to respond in faith and trust in the Lord. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Listen, you can go to God and you can say, look, Lord, I am afraid. It's not wrong to say that. I feel feelings of fear. And you go to God and you do what Hezekiah did. The Bible says he took the letter that he had received from Sennacherib and he didn't laugh it off. The Bible says he went to the house of God. And he said, I have this picture in my mind. He gets down on his hands and knees and he spreads it on and he prays over that letter. And you know, listen, what Hezekiah did is all any of us are asked to do. You know, I would love to say that every time... The, 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 the temptation to fear or to whatever. I, I wish I could say I, I respond like a square-jawed hero. I stick my chest out and say, you ain't coming this way, bub. <laughs> but that isn't the way it happens. A lot of times I'm, I'm doing the same thing Hezekiah is doing. I'm getting on my knees and I'm spreading the matter before God. And I say, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid. What's going to happen here? I don't know. Listen, our place is to put our faith, and our confidence in God 100% of the time. And so, again, a lot of, a lot of the things that we're talking about tonight are testimonies. <laughs> They're His testimonies that God has recorded for us. It's, and it's not just that. It's a testimony of what we've seen God do in our life. I, I love the song, Count Thy Blessings. Count your many blessings. Uh, huh? Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Listen, sometimes that's the answer to our, our, our problems. God has been faithful nine out of ten times when I come to ten. And he's going to be faithful ten too. <laughs> so our place is to remind ourselves of that, to counsel our own souls. And so uh, letter C here in your notes is uh, uh, that we are his means our deliverance pertains to him. And we are able to rest in him at all times. And that, of course, is back to... Uh, that verse in uh, verse 94, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. So we are his. If you know Christ as your Savior, we are his, and our deliverance pertains to him. Listen, that, listen, folks, that is paramount for Christians to understand. My salvation, my, as in saving my soul, that was God's work. But every day, 
all of my needs, all of my deliverances, they pertain to God. (laughs) They are God's to give or God's to deny if I'm not walking with God. So I am his. And so he may need to correct me. So he may have me in a situation where I'm in trouble. God has corrected me like that in the past. I won't ask for a show of hands, but (laughs) you can whisper amen. I might hear it. (laughs) Listen, God has corrected me plenty of times. Melissa and I are both talking about how we remember being corrected about a certain thing. I'm not telling you. Forget it. Ah, It's none of your business. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, uh, we are his. that, That we are his means our deliverance pertains to him. And we are able to rest in him at all times. And uh, turn with me to Second Chronicles. This is, again, well, again, I, I almost wish we could read all of these because it's just, it's just so wonderful. Second Corinthians chapter 14, no, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 9. 2 Chronicles 14, verse 9. This is King Asa. And uh, so it says, uh, and there came out against them, uh, and there came out against them Zerah, the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand. That's a million. <laughs> a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots. And chariots were, they were the weapon of war of that, of, of that, of that age. Uh, and so a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came to uh, Merasha. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha. <laughs> I don't know. And Merasha. <laughs> And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. Now look at this. This verse is amazing. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not men prevail against thee. You know what Asa was saying? Lord, you're our God. (laughs) So if they beat us, they're beating you. I don't know, That's maybe that's a paraphrase of, of going too far. But anyway, he said, Lord, thou art our God. Let not men prevail against thee. And look at verse 12. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa. And listen, folks, you can't, listen, you can't lose sight of the fact that this was not just a two-to-one, a three-to-one. This was a massive, massive army against a, a, a severely smaller Israeli army. And so it says, the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him to, uh, with him pursued them unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. You know, there was a great there was a great trial that day. There's a great deal of effort that day. Do you know, but you know where all the effort was? Carrying the spoil home. <laughs> Listen, God is always doing things like this. And you know, God God could have kept Asa and the Israelites from ever having to see this scary situation. But he did not prevent them from that. Why didn't he prevent them from that? So that you and you and I, as well as Asa and the Israelites of that day, could see God's mighty hand. It's the same mighty hand that is at work in our lives and the lives of Christians around the world today. 
He expects us to walk by faith and not by sight. He tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. Listen, we are seeing plenty of things happen in our nation right now. And they they're very concerning and they I got to say they're <laughs> I don't know, I, they, I, I, they're astonishing. And it and it bothers me the things that I'm seeing in our country today. And uh, brother Bob and I were talking about how people you know, they're they're using reverse logic everywhere. And people are just saying, okay. (laughs) Listen, our place is to stand for God. And I don't know how long it will be, but I imagine if these things keep going, the day is going to come where they're going to say, you can't do that anymore. And our place will have to say, well, judge you whether or not you think it's better, better for me to obey you than God. Listen, our place would be to have faith and confidence in God and to obey him. Whatever God's will is for our life, we obey him. We obey him rather than men when that's when that comes to 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 the place. And so uh, we see that uh, that message with Asa and all these testimonies and all the things that they mean. These things are written for us to have holy confidence in the Lord, our God. That's in my notes. These things are written to give us holy confidence in the Lord, our God. And so um, then uh, Jonah two nines there in your notes Salvation is of the Lord. And this is Jonah when he was in the whale's belly. So <laughs> the re- there's a reason why Jonah was in a whale's belly. <laughs> and that's because God told him to go to Nineveh and cry against that wicked city. And Jonah went the other way. I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with it. And uh, he went and took a boat to go into Tarsus. And uh, God would not let that boat go one inch further. He brought a storm that they couldn't go against. They cast everything. They cast the tackle out of the ship. <laughs> they cast the wares out of the ship. And they were still concerned that they were all going to die. And they woke up uh, Jonah, who was asleep in the hold, and told him, pray to your God. <laughs> and so Jonah told them to throw him out of the ship because he knew he was the reason why the storm was happening. And so God had prepared a fish, it says, and he swallowed Jonah. And, uh, and there in the belly of the whale... Uh, Jonah turned to God. And so he ended up his his prayer to God was salvation is of the Lord. And I said all that just to say this, that this was a bed of Jonah's own making. The fact that he was there. Now, now I I said all that to say this, that yet the Lord was still where Jonah's hope was. (laughs) I, I can't speak for any of you knuckleheads, but I can tell you this knucklehead has made myself a number of bad situations. And in those situations, you still put your hope only in God. And not in ourselves, not in any man's counsel. We put it in God alone. And God is our hope. And so what, what's the next thing that happens? But God spoke to the, to the whale and he spat him up on the shore. <laughs> Vomited him up on the shore. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so uh, in your notes... Number one there is it's important to note that the Lord has at times allowed his people to go to and through desperate times. And I've said to you guys before that, you know, I think that a lot of us were raised with a fairy tale mentality. Everything must always end up happily ever after. And it will for us, but not necessarily in every situation in this life. Matter of fact, the Lord Jesus promised us in this life, you will have trials and tribulations but be of good cheer i have overcome the world 
In the world you will have trials and tribulations. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our hope is in Christ. At every turn, no matter where we are, no matter what our needs are, there's not anything we can bring to God that he is not sufficient to. And there are times where Paul, he had the the thorn in the flesh, and he said, the Bible says he beseeched the Lord three times. You know what dawns on me? He asked twice, and he didn't see an answer. Twice he asked, I, I can tell, as far as I can tell, twice he asked for help or deliverance out of this thorn in the flesh. The third time he did get the answer, my grace is sufficient for thee. So in other words, God left him in that situation, whatever it was. We don't have a record of exactly what it was. And like I've told you guys before, when there's ambiguity in the Bible, it's there for a reason. We don't have a description of of what Paul's struggle was. And that is a blessing to me because my situation also may be answered by that exact same verse. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is perfected in weakness. So yeah, there's things that we wish were not in our life, but it's, it's making us weak. Or maybe it's making us humble, but it's exactly what God wants in our life that our heart and our mind and our perspective will be right. Because if God wasn't doing that, then more than likely our perspective would be off. Maybe we would lack the humility that we need to turn to God. (laughs) It's always better. Listen, it's better to be on your hands and knees as Hezekiah than to be that bold king, you know, with utter and complete confidence with your with your chest poked out. It's better to be the king on your knees trusting in God because God's faithful. And if there's one thing that I've seen that's uncertain, it's my strength. It's my ability to answer a problem. God's grace is always sufficient. And so again, this, this note here is it's important to note that the Lord has at times allowed his people to go to and through desperate times, and yet he has still... He still guarantees deliverance, but it's up to God what form that deliverance takes. And so Daniel 3, it's there in your notes in verses 17 and 18. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responding to Nebuchadnezzar saying everybody has to bow down to this uh, 60-foot or 60-cubit tall uh, golden idol that he made. When every time the music played, the sackbut flute uh, and dulcimer and all these things, everybody's supposed to bow down. When they heard that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down. And so, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, being Nebuchadnezzar, he gave them an extra chance. And they came up before him. He goes, hey, listen, you guys need to bow down. (laughs) And so they responded with, if it be so. And so what Nebuchadnezzar said before that was, if you don't, that same hour, I'll throw you into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that will deliver you out of my hands? And so this is their response. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of, the, out of thine hand, O king. And I love this. Their faith here, their confidence. Verse 18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Listen, that that confidence in God, that God's plan is the right plan. God's commands to me that help me walk in this life, they're the way to go, without exception. God's commandments to do this and to not do that, they're not just rules put in my life for no reason. They're keeping me on track. And they're the way in which I will make it through this life, bringing glory to God and staying safe. You know, it's better to be Stephen 
facing death at the hands of people who hate God and hate you, it's better to be Stephen than it would be to be relatively safe out there apart from God's will. We, in the flesh, we tend to run away from, from, from the persecution or run away from these things. But listen, we don't have to do that. We can have faith and confidence in God. And all these things are records of God's faithfulness to man, to every man, every woman who's ever put their trust in God. And we have seen the result of those things. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, our God is able to. And he will deliver us out of thine hand. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods. <laughs> Man, that's a superhero of faith if you ask me. <laughs> I love those guys. Praise God for them. <laughs> so letter D is, for I have sought thy precepts. So again, back in uh, uh, Psalm, 1, Psalm 119, verse 94, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. And so our peace is found in knowing him and his word to us that he will ever keep us. And please turn with me, John 14. I want you to see this. John chapter 14, a beautiful verse. The Lord Jesus speaking, John 14, verse 27. He's speaking to his disciples not not long before he's going to be brought to the chief priests and the Pharisees. And uh, let me just back up to verse 25. So John 14, verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Again, in our flesh we can have fears. We can have anxiety and and we can have, you know, all these ways in which our flesh will respond, but we don't have to live there. Matter of fact, the Lord Jesus, he specifically says his peace is what he gives to us. And I, I, I love the fact that the, if you look up the word peace, uh, the definition in English is something along the lines of it's a lack of conflict. But that's not Jesus's peace. <laughs> Jesus's peace is far better. It's not just a lack of conflict. It's an inner peace that overwhelms everything else. Where you could literally be in the, in the, in the eye of a storm. You could literally be with facing uh, a warfare with bullets or, 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 or arrows f- flying over your head. And none of it could take away the peace of God. Now clearly not every Christian has the peace of God all the time. Unfortunately, sometimes we are walking by sight and not by faith. <laughs> But we can have this. This is something that belongs to us as God's people. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means when our heart wells up with these things, we can counsel our heart. We can say, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to to be troubled. I, I love how this chapter begins. Lord Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And you know, that's pretty good counsel also for us in the middle of some trial of some sort. Just believe in Jesus. That's not just for salvation. That's for the moment too. Have faith in God. Have confidence in God. He is faithful 100% of the time. So we're uh, going and finishing up. Uh, this whole section, isn't that pretty good? <laughs> good.
Good to see you guys today. All right, any other thoughts or questions before we close up? Good to see everybody today. I mean, there's lots of faces that I'm not yet. Uh, anyway, thank God for you all being here tonight. And uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. And thank you for, Lord, uh, the record of how many times you faithfully brought people through. And, Lord, we thank you that you're, you're faithful now in our lives as well. And we pray that you help us to walk with you and not, uh, and not put our faith in the things that we can see or in what men say or, or what the world says we should do. But help us to have faith and confidence and trust in you. And, Lord, thank you that you are, you are answering all of our needs and all of our problems and all the things that face us. You have all the answers. And, Lord, you have a, a perfect plan. And we just need to rest in you. Thank you for your goodness. Bless everyone here tonight. Meet every one of our needs. And bring us home safe. And bring us back at the next time. And we thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen.